Welcome, everybody, to the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast, a podcast where we talk about show business, old friends, and new adventures. I am delighted to introduce Reggie Bramel, and Reggie is a triple threat performer, originally from New Jersey, then moved to South Carolina, then moved to New York. I'm so glad you're here. So I wanted to have you on the podcast because you were somebody that was really hitting a role job after job before the pandemic hit. And I just wanted to talk about that. You were touring a lot. You were starting to just book jobs in succession. And I just wanted to ask how you're doing now. Well, well, one, thank you. <laughs> thank you for acknowledging that and realizing that that means a lot, especially coming from someone like you. The way our, our relationship started out, I was your student. I just remember, you know, being a student at the school, seeing you and just immediately being drawn to you. So thank you for recognizing that. And you have a lot to do with that because you taught me a lot about professionalism and how to carry myself in the audition room. And once you book the job and how to act after you're after you book the job and how to just carry yourself through all that. So thank you so much for all that. Oh, um, my pleasure. I just, it's been, honestly, it has been rough, but it has also been helpful at the same time. I, as you know, I was going hard for so long. I, it was just gig after gig after tour after tour, just regional this, this cruise ship here. And when the pandemic hit, it forced me to sit with myself and rethink and readjust a lot of the ways that I was approaching not only my life, but my career. And it made me think about my trajectory and where I wanted to go. I, right before the shutdown happened, I was doing the international tour of Dream Girls. Uh, so I was in Asia in December, January, February of 2019, 2020. So that was, so I know that people are like, oh, I'm so over COVID. I'm so over COVID-19. I have literally been with it since the beginning. Literally, I was in China. I was in Shanghai in December. I was in Tokyo in January, February. Uh, flew back to New York City in March and then the and then the shutdown happened. I remember being over in Asia and just kind of hearing a buzz about COVID-19. But at the time, no one really, you know, no one really paid it any attention. And it wasn't as drastic over there as far as people wearing masks, because that's just, that's their culture over there. That's just how they live their everyday lives. They always have masks on, regardless, sun, rain, or shine. They always have masks on. So to come back here to the States and to be told you have to wear a mask, you have to do this, this, and this, you have to do this. It was, it was kind of shocking. Cause I was like, Oh, it's fine. I can do this for six to eight, 10, 12 weeks. <laughs> it's no big deal. I can do this just for this little bit of time and to come over here and to have to continue to do it. That was really shocking. I will say though, not having worked has allowed me to branch out into other interests that I've always had other artistic interests and creative interests that I've always had. Like I've, what? Photography. I've always loved taking photos. I've always loved, my friends will tell you, I am 
good for a good candid photo of someone. And then they're like, oh, send that to me. I love that. It looks like I'm posing, but I'm really not. It's just, I love taking candid photos of people because it's just, it's, there's just so much life to it. And um, there's just so, it's so real and raw and unedited to catch someone just mid laugh or in the middle of a bite or having a conversation with somebody else those I really love those true genuine moments so I bought myself of a camera during the pandemic uh, and I used it a lot I used it a lot during the summer of 2020 because that's around the time that I bought it so I, I yeah I guess I bought it like spring summer of 2020 and I used it a lot I took photos of my friends. I was doing test shoots with friends. I would go over to the park over here in New York. And I remember I was like, just, um, I live on West Harlem. So the Hudson's right there. I can see Jersey City, everything like Fort Lee. I can see all that stuff just right across the river. And I would be over there take, just taking pictures of the, of the city and everything. And people would come up to me, random people, First of all, six feet. Hello. <laughs> don't, just, <laughs> don't just walk up to me. <laughs> I guess I mean, I'm is like around the time when like the mandate had just lifted where everyone didn't have to be in quarantine anymore. But still six feet. I like my six feet. I, I kind of hope that the six feet still stays a little bit. That's, just, that's just me, though. <laughs> um, so it was just it was really weird to have people that. Just complete total strangers come up to me, and say, hey, I, I see you're taking photos. Would you mind taking a picture of me and this person? This one guy comes up to me. He was like, I just started a fashion line. I see you have a really nice camera. Would you mind taking some pictures of me and my fashion line? And he's giving me his business card. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, what, what have I done? Like, what, what door did I just open? I wasn't prepared for this. This is, this is not what I, it's what I wanted. It just happened much faster than what I was expecting. So that kind of forced me to, to go that route. Also, on the other hand, I really wanted to start getting more and more behind the table for auditions and everything. So I reached out to a few casting offices here in the city, and they've been just absolutely gracious, honestly, just to going out to dinner with some and having lunch and drinks with some and just really them pouring into me the dynamic of what it means to be in casting and what role they play in this, in this business. And honestly, I, there were things, you know, as actors, we just think that casting directors have all the power. I thought for the longest time, for the longest time, I thought if this casting director doesn't like me, there's no way in the world I'm going to work, Um, which is (laughs) kind of true to an extent because, you know, they're the ones who do get, who bring you into the room. Uh, But also People just have this idea that if you don't get cast in a show, they automatically blame the, uh, the casting team. They automatically blame the casting office. And that's not true. That's not true at all. The casting office, their job is to get you in front of these directors and choreographers and music directors. And they're saying, they're the ones who are saying, look, I like this person. I like the work that they're doing. I hope that you like them too. So let's get them in front of your face. And when I realized that, I was just like, wow, I, I have been thinking about it wrong for so long. The, the people that you've been hanging, like having dinners with and lunches with, are you planning to maybe intern for anybody or do any kind of freelance 
assisting work, perhaps? <laughs> yeah, actually, I have I have been um, helping out a little bit. You know, they'll they'll message me, they'll email me, they'll text me. Hey, Reggie, we're looking for this. This. Do you have any recommendations? And I'll say, Oh, great! Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Okay, I- everybody, I want you to listen to this because <laughs> one thing that is very true is we all know each other, and it's a network. This happens more times than you would think because casting directors don't know everybody. So they're asking you for your own recommendations and you're providing names of people that you trust and you're submitting those. That's fantastic. People that that I trust, people that I've worked with, people that, and even if I don't know someone, I will reach out to someone that I know and trust whose, whose professional mentality that I can rely on. And I'll say, Hey, I'm looking for a girl that is about this height, that looks this sort of way, that can sing this. Do you know anyone? And they'll say, yeah, send you their information. So that's really nice. Actually, I just got for the first time since people have been auditioning in person, I got to help out and sit behind the table uh, for uh, for an audition. And they asked me, they were like, hey, do you know anyone that would be good for this? On the flip side, Do you ever have friends try to get in front of people? There's a woman that I, that is in my friend's circle. I mean, she and I aren't very close, but she's close with other friends of mine. And when we're at parties, I make it like, I make it a point to not talk about show business at a party because she's a casting director and it's a fine line. Like you don't, want to during someone's personal time you don't want to be like crossing a boundary you know what i mean right yeah and it's tough because now that she's in casting she's been in casting a while but she constantly sees people that Mm -hmm. you used to perform with or you used to be hanging out at the restaurant with or something you know what i mean so it's it's interesting Let's briefly talk about something that back in back in my dancing days, there was a body type that was very hard to attain. It was very, very thin. Usually people who were on the taller side were favored. And now I feel like that has opened up a lot more. There is a certain standard of beauty, though, don't you think, in show business? You want to talk about that? Absolutely. And yeah, let's talk about like the the inclusivity has opened up so much. There needs to be more, mm-hmm. but will, would you address like the, the fact that people who are trying to go for a career, the physical fitness level you need to have. And, you know, the way, the way you, um, the way you not carry yourself, but you got to put yourself together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there is definitely a level of expectations. If this is, as as a dancer, there's definitely a level of physical expectations. There's a level of just the way you present and carry yourself. Um, Also with that being said, I have worked with some people who do not fit the stereotypical dancer body at all, who could dance circles. I mean, absolute circles around me. Sir, I mean, like, and I actually, it's funny you say this because I was just talking to a friend today. Um, you look at them and you see them, you're just like, eh, okay, you wouldn't think that they could dance the way that they do, but you get them in that audition room and they can 
catch the step. They can learn the counts and they can perform. And just looking at them, you're like, wow, I would have never thought that you could do that just, just from the way that they look. Um, you know, there are those jokes around that's like, you know, nothing tastes as good as Broadway feels. And, you know, people say things that like, uh, you know, this is, this is the body that books. And I just think that in today's, in today's world, people just have to understand that like every, everyone's body is the body that books. Uh, there, there is, there is a, of course, there is a certain level, like you're not, a, you're not going to go into uh, an audition for, for Follies, Will Rogers Follies and just be five, five, uh, with, you know, they, they want girls that are leggy and that can slip on those leotard, can slip on those tights, put on those heels. And they, they want more legs than torso, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I also think the thing with dancers and body types is you have to also know, know your type, know what is good for you, know what is right for you. And that's also half the battle. I honestly believe that a lot of the work that I have booked is because I knew what I was right for. Um, especially being a man, especially being a male, especially being a black male in musical theater. I go into these auditions and I see these guys, I'm six feet tall and I see these men that are towering over me and not only towering over me, their biceps are the size of my head and I'm just like, wow, <laughs> that, that can um, be detrimental to your confidence. Uh, and that can also make you not perform as well as you normally would in the room. But also at the same time, you have to have that self-confidence within yourself to say, no, I'm here for a reason. They called me in for a reason. Don't worry about, oh, this person waist is this size or, oh, this person has this, this and that. No, you have what you have and you have what you have for a reason and they like what you have. So go in there and show them what you have. Yeah, that's a hard, I think that comes with experience because there's always going to be somebody that's very beautiful and charismatic always. in the room and you can't let that throw you. Mm -hmm. But also you have to, the, the physical fitness that is required to do shows and rehearsals, you have to be in shape. Does that mean have a perfect body? No, it doesn't. But it, what it means is you're going to be working a lot of hours and mm -hmm. doing the dance numbers over and over again. And you, you have to be strong enough so mm -hmm. that you don't get injured while that is happening. I had an audition not too long ago and they wanted partnering. I, I've partnered before. I've partnered multiple times. I'm usually like, and I usually get, <laughs> I always get the tall girls. I always get the tall girls that like are, uh, tend to be a little thicker and having not danced or partnered for so long because of the shutdown, it was hard. It was hard. And that, you know, there's that joke, like, you know, you, you use it or you lose it. And I lost it for a little while. And so I had to get back in the gym and I had to continue. I had to get back on a diet that was good for me. And I think for so long, I was so reliant on the shows that I was doing that I was like, the shows are keeping me in shape. I don't need to go to the gym. Like it's, it's fine. No, that's not the case anymore. You have to stay in shape. You have to.
Like you have to, in in order to keep up with the physical demand of what is being asked and required of you, you have to be in shape. You said you were at an audition and you were behind the table this time and you've been going to auditions. Do you think that it's going to take a couple of years for everything to really come back? Or do you see shows being produced right now? What is the word? Because I'm outside of the city right now and I do travel in to teach. Mm-hmm. But um, I know things are opening up, but what is the audition scene like right now? And we're recording this right at the end of August. So right now, before you even get to audition, when you walk in, you have to show proof of vaccination. Okay. Right off the bat. Like that's the first thing that they're going to look for. Either they'll ask you at the front desk or the monitor for the audition will ask you, but you will not get to go in the room to audition if you do not show your proof of vaccination. Now, Also, with that being said, you're in these auditions. uh, They'll tell you, keep your mask on while you talk to the accompanist. After you're done, take your mask off. Go stand stand where you're going to stand. Then take your mask off. Do what you need to do. Put your mask back on. Go grab your book. Exit the room. Now, when we get to the dance portions, it gets kind of... There is a little bit of a gray area. It gets more, if you're comfortable enough to take off your mask, you're welcome to take off your mask. If you're not comfortable enough to take off your mask feel free to keep it on. If you need to step out of the room to catch some air, feel free to do that. It's just, it, there's very, it's a very, very gray area. I re- And also when it comes to productions, like actually, you know, okay, the show is cast. No one knows what tomorrow is going to hold. No one knows. Tomorrow, things could just shut down all over again. None of us want that, but that is a reality, a possibility that everyone has to keep in the back of their minds. I, right now, I've been on hold. I've been on hold for a contract for about two weeks now. Okay. Simply because no one knows. Rehearsals are scheduled to start next month, but there's just, I've, I've been on hold and we'll, we'll see. I had an audition for a show. Everything was going well. I was, I was, they were asking for video after video. I was doing monologue after monologue, song after song. And then all of a sudden, radio silence. I didn't hear anything for about three weeks. I get an email about two weeks ago saying, thank you so much for your submission. We've actually are not able to put up this production any longer because of COVID-19. So that was, yeah. So that was kind of heartbreaking to me because it was, it was a, it was a little bit of a dream show of mine. It was a show that I really, really wanted. And I was working so hard for it and to know that I was so close and then just to have it taken away was, it hurt. It really did because I was talking to my friends and I was like, I don't know what's happening. Like I, I was doing well. And then all of a sudden, just no, just nothing. But I will say, I am thankful that this theater took the time to reach out to everyone that was in the finals for it to say, hey, this is what happened. This is why no one has heard from us because we ourselves don't know what's going on. And actors yeah. always appreciate that. No, everyone appreciates transparency. What are some of the dream shows that you have in, on your list of things that you just would love to play? And I know, what are some of the shows you've already done, first of all? Because let's get the audience to know you a little bit. So some of the shows you've already done, and then what would be a couple of shows that you would just love to book? Some shows that I've already done. I've done uh, Shrek. I've done Mary Poppins. I have done Smokey Joe's Cafe. I've done Little Shop of Horrors. I've done the national slash international tours of Memphis, Pippin, and Dream Girls. I was a dancer in Magic Mike. <laughs> 
with Channing Tatum. Fun story. I'm, I actually thought he was going to be much taller than he is, but no, he's he's a little shorty. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? Oh my goodness. I got to do Hairspray. I got to do the original cast of Hairspray for Royal Caribbean. That was, honestly, that's probably one, honestly, that was probably one of the hardest things that I've done. Just because I, it was my first cruise ship. I had never done a cruise ship before. And I always told myself that no matter where I was at in my career, I want to do a cruise ship. I wanted that experience for myself just because it, I love to travel and I, I just I just love it. And it was something that I always felt that I wanted to do. And I did it and it was a lot. It was hard. I had never been in the original cast of anything before. And not only was I in the original cast of Hairspray, I was in their um, original cast of their show, Flight Dare to Dream. That was also an, a wild experience. I've never been in an experience. Every show that I had done was it was set. The book was there. The music was there. Everything was there for you. It was just, you know, up to the discretion of the choreographer and the director of what they wanted to change. And to be a part of an original show, learn a full dance, learn a full song, learn it, perform it. The next day, there's a cast meeting. Hey, everyone, that's cut. We have rehearsal tomorrow. And this is the new song. This is a new choreography. Here are your new harmonies. You're going to now bring this back tomorrow. And I was like, oh, oh. Okay. Wow. So this is, this is, so that's what this is like. And that was a really great eye opener for me. I, I didn't, it's not that I didn't know, cause I knew that things like that happened, you know, having worked for, for as long as I have now, which honestly, I still consider myself a baby to the business. I really do. I, I've only been working professionally for, oh, well, I mean, 10 years, but still, I just, there are so many people out there. I'm, I'm usually one of the younger people in the cast. When I am in these shows, I try to soak up as much knowledge as I possibly can from these people who have been in the business longer than I've been alive. Things like that are very, I hold those experiences very near and dear to my heart. So that original cast was a whirlwind and woo, it, it, I'm ready for it again, uh, preferably on land. <laughs> but I am definitely ready for it again. Um, some dream shows of mine. Oh my goodness. I would love, 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 love to do ragtime. That, and I feel like when I talk about dream shows and people are like, oh, what role, what role do you see yourself as? And I say ensemble because I am an ensemblist. That's, that's how I am an ensemblist true and through. And I love it. And I love being in the ensemble. And I get to tell, it's not that I get to tell a different story every night. It's just being in the ensemble, I get to create my, my world and my perspective on what's happening. And that, that can change whenever I want. And I, normally I'm in the ensemble and I'm the first cover for one of the principles. But ragtime, I would love to do ragtime. I would love to be in the color purple. I would love to, I would actually love to do Rocky Horror. I would, I would love to do Rocky Horror. I would love to do hair. Uh, there's just so, there are so many things that I have yet to, ex I feel like I've experienced so much and so little all at the same time. It's just like, I don't, I don't know what I don't know until I know it. And so uh, straight plays. Oh my goodness. I would love to be in choir boy. That, that is just something that just, I, I have to do that. Like I have to, and not only do I have to, I will because words have power. And so I will be in a production of choir boy someday when I don't know. <laughs> film and TV Do you audition for film and TV. Yes. I just, this year, um, this year has been my, besides, 
uh, Magic Mike, that was like, that was a, just a dance audition. They were like, come audition. So I, I auditioned and that's how I got that. But as far as, um, as far as actual roles and supporting and guests and reoccurring, this is my first year, 2021 is my first year auditioning for TV and film and commercials. Uh, so that has been also really exciting. There's this one show that's on Hulu and I, they keep calling me in and I know they keep calling me in because they like me. And I've auditioned for them about seven times now. And it's always been different, just different things here and there. And I'm just like, one day, one day we are going to find what is, what is right for me in this show that, cause clearly they see something there and clearly I want to be in the show <laughs> cause it's, 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 Emmy award winning and I love, and it's just, I want to, I like this show would change my life. Um, so yes, TV, film, uh, I am a nerd. <laughs> I am a self-proclaimed nerd geek. I love the sci-fi, the Marvel universe, DC universe, the super, I love all that stuff. So it's also really interesting to get these auditions where, you know, I have powers and I have to like create that world for myself. But yes, TV and film is definitely on my list of things to do, which is funny because for the longest time I was running from it. I didn't want it. Anytime someone brought it up to me, I was like, Oh no, 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 no. That's, that's not for me. I'm only, I'm only for the stage. That's, that's where my heart is. That's the only thing I can do. And then the shutdown happened <laughs> and I was like, well, it, it forced me out of my comfort zone. It did. It forced me out of my comfort zone and it forced me to go into that world. And I'm not mad at it. I'm really not. I, I look back and I'm just like, wow, Reggie, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you try to make this transition earlier? Who knows where you could have been had you done this earlier when, when you could have played the, the high school student or, you know, the, those younger roles. But now, no, 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 I can't, I, I'm not playing anyone's, anyone's high school student. <laughs> yeah. But I think you're still, or it's early enough for you where you could get some real traction. You know, I, I don't have any regrets, but I wish I had started the film and TV Avenue a little bit sooner. Mm -hmm. That's something that I wish I had done a little bit earlier. But I think that what you're doing right now sounds like you're making a lot of connections in the industry, and that is really good. Do you have any stories about anyone that you know that might have developed a bad reputation? And let's talk about the reputation because you have a good one and everyone loves to work with you. But do you know anybody that didn't come to work prepared or maybe like missed their call times or something? And then word gets around pretty quickly, right? Yes, there, there are definitely people. <laughs> there are definitely people that I know that just do not have the best reputation and I people will have people come across their desk and they will reach out to me and say hey Reggie so-and-so just came across my desk should I bring them in I see on their resume that they did x y and z I know you also did this so was it the same production did you work with them if so how was that now me being myself I have to tell the truth because if I don't tell the truth that's going to come back and reflect on me we can't have that. <laughs> we no, cannot. same. <laughs> we can. That's happened to that. me too. Yeah, because then if you vouch for somebody and then they just cost other people time and money, it it reflects 
badly on you. Yeah. So hopefully, I think maybe this pandemic will have made everybody just grateful for opportunities again. I will say I do know one person that I've worked with who ended up uh, leaving the contract, not under the best of terms, but since they left that contract, they have just taken off career. Just career has just taken off. So also with that being said, not everyone's going to get along with everyone. You know, and some teams are just not going to get along with certain actors. And I also think that it's important for people to realize that you simply, as much as we want to be friends with everyone, people and their energies just don't always mesh well. That's also not to say, though, that just because your energy does not mesh well with someone else's that you cannot do the work and do it well. What has been your biggest challenge in the industry? My biggest challenge in the industry, honestly, probably would be my confidence. I feel like people look at me and they see the work that I do and the the good work that I do. And they just automatically assume that I should just walk around like I just have it all together. And that like when I, I, and I don't, it's really hard for me. I struggle, not as much, definitely not as much, but when I was younger, I definitely struggled a lot with comparison and just comparing myself to all of my friends. And I feel like the reason why I went so hard for as long as I did is because I did not want to be the person on the outside. And there there were times when I took gigs when I knew I probably shouldn't have taken it. I There were times when I've taken gigs and I was just like, you know what, Reggie, they're definitely not paying you what you normally what you normally get paid and but you know what hey you can't be out here a not working actor and a lot of my confidence I realized that a lot of my confidence was coming from the work that I was booking and not coming from myself on the inside the shutdown really forced me to regain and to retake control over my life in that aspect again I feel like people just I'm not very vocal. Uh, I'm not very, I'm not a loud, boisterous person. Anyone will tell you that. I, I will walk into the room and I will sit in the corner and I will be happy right there. I've really struggled with putting myself out there, especially when it comes to social media. Today, social media plays such a big role in our society and especially as artists. If you're, it's like, if your work isn't on social media, do you have work at all? And it's funny, it's funny because I was literally just talking to my friend about this today and I was like, I just feel like I'm so bad at social media. I have, I have a lot of followers on Instagram and I feel, I'm like, why, why, why are they following me? I don't post anything. I don't take selfies. I'm not over here posting dancing videos. I'm not singing songs. I'm not giving monologues. What if I do this and people don't like it? And what if I do this and people privately DM, like, like, you know, privately send whatever I'm putting out there to someone. I was like, oh my gosh, look at Reggie. Look at what he's doing. Haha, <laughs> can you believe he did that? And I really struggled with that. Like I literally came up with these scenarios in my mind and then I just ended up talking myself out of it. Like I will, I will make a whole video and talk myself out of it, out of posting it. Okay. Do you ever get asked at an audition how many Instagram followers you have? I've never been asked in person, but I have definitely been asked via video submissions. Okay. Yeah, I auditioned for a couple of commercials and they 
they had us on like a, you know, one of those boards that you write off in a race, you know, those erase boards, Yeah. you put your name and then under your name, you put your Instagram handle, mm-hmm. which I was like, okay, all right. And they did ask you on the fill in sheet, what, how many Instagram followers you have. I, I like the social media. I just try to keep it. I do put post a few personal things on there, but I try to keep it more business oriented Mm -hmm. just because it's, I find it a good platform to extrovert your talent, to like show people what you can do. And I don't really post a lot of videos, but I find that just like posting photos is a good way to just keep like people's your name in front of people just so they think, oh yeah. So a lot of people also choose not to be on it at all. If, if it bothers you, you don't really have to do it. I have a friend that I did one of my tours with, and they are not on social media at all. No Instagram, no Facebook, no Snapchat, no Twitter, no TikTok, no nothing. They are on absolutely nothing. They're one of those people, they're like, if you have my number, call me, text me, send me an email, we, let's meet up. And honestly, it has worked out really well for them. They're on Broadway. They're, they're dance captain in a Broadway show. So seeing them makes me feel like, okay, if a time, if a day ever did come where I decided that this just was not for me, I think I, I, I know I would be okay. But also at the same time, you have these auditions and they're like, what's your Instagram handle? And that that's like, huh? what? Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. I remember, I would remember, I remember I was in an audition, not an audition. I remember I was in rehearsals for a gig and my choreographer pulled me over to the side and was like, so Reggie, I, uh, I saw your, your Instagram and I was like, oh, okay. And they were like, yeah, um, you have a lot of interesting stuff on there. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, so this is not where I thought this conversation was going. And I kid you not. And honestly, I think that's kind of what triggered my, my lapse into not wanting to be on social media was to have my choreographer, a really well-known choreographer, not only here in America, but over across the pond and on West End and everything, who choreographs a lot of tours and everything over there, come up to me and say like, mm, your, your social, your Instagram is a little like, eh, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. And literally that night after rehearsal, I went back to the cast housing and I just cleaned it. What was on there that was not okay? It was just very like, I used to do like a lot of like body painting stuff. Oh. Like, like what they deemed as like risque behavior. Okay. And so, and I didn't think that I, I saw it as artistic. Sure. Um, especially especially like the body paying stuff portray myself as something that I that I'm not but also at the same time I do enjoy doing stuff like that right yeah I mean listen yeah. if, you go, if you go and watch the whiz they are full-on and dance belts at the end doing yeah. to their face you know so yeah I, I didn't really see anything wrong with it and also you also couldn't really see you could see the art that was on me I just happened to be the canvas that the art was put on that scenario definitely just sent me into like a oh my gosh social media they're they're right social media is like a platform and with all, I have a lot of friends that have separate accounts. I have a friend, I have friends that are like 
This is my business profile. This is my business Instagram. And this is my personal Instagram that is just for family and friends and people that I can act goofy and wacky and do whatever I want with. Right. That seems to make sense. Yeah. That way you control who sees everything, your Mm -hmm. posts and everything. So what are the next couple of months? We're going into fall and you're out, you're putting your talent out there. You're trying to book work. Do you think that, I I feel like the audition season is going to be busy, but do you think that a lot of people have left the city? And I, I work, you know where I work, by Lincoln Center. And to me, the area has not really come back yet. Like if I ever go into the diner to get something to eat, it's empty. Mm-hmm. And the streets are pretty empty too, especially last winter. They were like Ooh. empty. Yes. Um, I do. The next couple of months are going to be interesting, especially with this variant that's going around. I feel like people are very, very hesitant to get their hopes up, which is understandable. No one wants to get their hopes up to just have them come crashing down in front of them. But also having having been auditioning for having having been auditioning in person for about a month now, I want to say. I'm hopeful. I really am. I I see it coming back. I see the way things are coming back. Broadway is starting to open back up slowly, but surely Lincoln Center, you know, they've now laid out the green grass and everything. I don't know if it's going to be there come this fall and winter, but they people are trying to... New York City is doing what New York City does, and that is evolving and making things work for us so that we can enjoy the lives that we want to enjoy and know how to enjoy them. I don't think it's going to be a big boom. Like, I don't think one day people are just going to, I don't think one day it's just going to wake up. Like people are going to wake up and just be like, oh, okay, yes, we are back to normal now. Because I, I honestly don't think, if, <laughs> I honestly don't know or think if we'll ever get back to what we consider to be normal. People are very much more conscious about their health and the things that they're doing, the people that they're around. As far as auditions go and productions go, I'm hoping, if it's, I'll say this, if everything goes the trajectory that is going right now, I think everyone will be okay. Good. Yeah, I do. I think everyone will be okay. Also, auditions are harder to get because casting directors are much more selective about who they're letting in the room, you know? And open calls are not a thing anymore. That open calls are absolutely not a thing anymore. So you have to have these strong relationships with these casting directors or have an agent that has a good relationship with these casting directors because they can only allow up to a certain number of people in the room. I I do think that's kind of good though, because do you remember that hairspray audition right before the shutdown a couple of months before where it was like people were on the street the night before and it was just so many people. And I think that, yeah, open calls are good because it gives people a chance, Mm -hmm. but there shouldn't be any reason to wait 24 hours in a line before you come in submitting a self tape. And then they, the casting director can like call through those tapes and bring in people. Yes. I remember right when I first started out auditioning, I had an audition. Oh gosh, what studio was it? I don't even think it's there anymore. Chelsea studios, Chelsea studios. It was, it was years, years ago. And it was the first and last time I ever stood outside in the cold waiting to audition. I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm not about this. <laughs> this is not the life that I am meant to live. <laughs> that was, that was, I can honestly say that was the first and last time I 
ever did that. I told myself, I was like, if I am not in the building, I'm not auditioning. Because it's true. That's, that, that was wild to me that people, and that's, a, Michelle, I got there at four o'clock in the morning. On a cold day. On a cold December day. My friend was so kind, brought me gloves and got us hot chocolates and everything. And I remember I was outside from 4 a.m. to about 9 a.m., 10 a.m. Oh, no, that's too many hours. And I and that's yeah. I got there at 4 a.m. and I was still like the 20th person in line. It was oh. right there in that moment. I said, never again. <laughs> you know, as, as actors, we have so many moments and so many things in our in our careers and our lives where it ha- all it takes is just one time for something to happen. And we will just say, never again will I ever do this. So it seems like a cruise ship is one of those things for you. Did you, I I feel the same way. I did one cruise ship. I worked on Holland America and I was like, you know what? I enjoyed the people I met, but being on a ship for me was like being in a very small town. Mm -hmm. I found that my every move was being observed and there was such a, my cabin also didn't have a window. I think that might've been part of like, you know, I just, I was so claustrophobic <laughs> on that ship. I feel like if we got into this cruise ship conversation, yeah, I could go. I could, I could go. I didn't have a cabin of my own either. Is a cruise ship something that I would do again? When I did my contract, I was in the ensemble and I was the first cover for the principal. It was, it was the very much a learning experience. It taught me a lot about self-worth right then and there. Because, you know, now I tell people, I'm like, know your worth and then add tax because that's the only way you're really going to get what you deserve. And also in the moment, you you have to, you know, their decisions are those decisions. You just have to like you're not in a position of any kind of creative control. You just have to follow along with the direction. Right. So Mm -hmm. having having like a strength inside to just kind of, you know, do your track. And if they need you to go on for the other track, you do it. And yeah, it like stinks, but I'm sure that you were so professional throughout the whole thing. Oh yeah. But at the, do you think that the industry is opening up a little bit more and being more inclusive to, for everyone to have access to roles and are the casting director's eyes starting to open up and think about more choices in terms of casting casting directors yes directors no okay i've been watching netflix a little bit on this you know during this time and i have noticed casting is opening up a little bit i am seeing people just all different all different types of people and able bodies and people with disabilities in certain roles and i'm like yeah this is awesome and i always just wonder like when people's pictures come across the tables are are people's headshots just being like pushed to the side or are is casting becoming more inclusive i hope so yeah you know the struggle the struggle truly lies when the casting team and the creative team are the same if that makes sense when the casting it does yeah when the casting team and the creative team are the same that's where the problem is because there's no one there for them to, for there's no one there to tell them, Hey, also what about this person? What about this person? They are so fixated because not only are they directing or choreographing or whatever, they're also casting it. And so I, I personally think it's important. You know, you have to have that, you have to have that duality. You have to have your casting team and you have to have your creatives sitting behind the table 
there are conversations that are, I didn't realize that happened. There are conversations that, that when I leave the room, that I'm just like, wow, they really didn't give that person a callback because of this one singular thing. There, there have been moments when I'm just like, like I'm listening to them talk, you know, it's cause I'm just getting into it. So I try not to overstep. Right. 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 I just, I just, I try to, I, is, I try not to overstep unless I'm just like, no, that's not right. You need to <laughs> give this. No, you're, you're wrong here. Okay. Trust me. I'm telling you you're wrong, but you know, I, I don't want to overstep because it is something that I would like to, I would like to do full time one day. I've always, I've always known since I was younger that I love performing. I love singing. I love dancing. I love, I love, I love it to my core but I've always known since a young age, it is not something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different jobs in the industry and just go for what you want to go for. It's great. It's great to have another passion too. Yeah. I mean, you have to, I mean, you don't have to, but it's for me personally, I have to, cause there's a satisfaction that comes with it to know that all to know that my worth isn't just, I don't view my worth coming from just one part of my life. That's, that's good. Yeah. I just know, I just know that like, I'm, I know one day I'm going to move out of the city. I'm going to have a life. I'm going to have a family. Like I know these things about myself, but I'm also still going to be in the creative fields. Broadway was never a major goal of mine. The goal for me was to work, but well, not for, I say for me as if like it stopped. No, the goal for my, for me currently is I want to work. I want to do good work. I want to do meaningful work. I want to do work that feeds me and not, not feeds me as in like, oh, the money's good. Like it has to, right. like, it has to pour into me because I mean, that's what, that's what we're here for. At the end of the day, that's what we're here for. We're here to change lives. Oh, Michelle, thank you so, so much for having me on your podcast. Honestly, it is truly an honor. I honestly do believe that our paths were meant to cross just from me being a student of yours to our strong mutual friend that we have. If there's anything that you need from me in the future, please don't hesitate to ask. Thank you. Thank you again so, so much. Uh, I can't wait to see where both of our futures take us. <laughs> the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast has original music composed by Joshua Holloway. Find him on YouTube, Joshua Holloway Music. This podcast is written by Michelle Bruckner and edited by Michelle Bruckner and Joshua Holloway. Find me on Instagram, Showgirl Tip of Day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Oh,